Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Last Sunday, do you remember what we spoke on? If you, if you were here, we, we opened up Ma, um, Matthew 13 and Jesus said, I give you the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to them it is hidden. So as a disciple, as a learner, someone that's humble, someone that's seeking, someone that's teachable, the biggest thing is a heart of teachability. And he talked about um, seeing they see, but they never see, hearing they hear, but they never hear, they never actually understand. So today we're going to be diving in to how to get revelation from the Word of God. Basically, how to read, how to meditate, how to study the Bible, how to get food. The whole purpose about reading your Bible, I believe, is fellowshipping and connecting in relationship with God the Father, with the author of this book. So we're going to learn, uh, uh, we've got to get rid of all the wrong mindsets, obviously, because sometimes if you approach this book in the wrong way, you won't get much out of it. So we want to, we want to, we want to, what's our heart? What's our heart posture? Last week we learned that Jesus revealed all the strategies that the Satan, the enemy, uses against us. What were they? One of the main things is the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, choke the word and make the word unfruitful. So the busyness of this world can make the word unfruitful. And we learned that the birds take the seed out of the ground before it even goes into the heart. And that was Satan comes immediately, takes the word out of our heart. He just lies to us. He just said, no, that's not true. That's not true for you. It might be true for that person, but it's not true for you. And if you accept that lie, then okay, then he's got you. That's the first wave of, effect, uh, wave of attack is he just says, that's not true. Or um, you've tried that, it didn't work. You tried that, you know, God will bless me. God, and you, you, you prayed and it didn't get answered. Maybe God's not real. Any way of attack, you'll lie and he'll try to take it out, right? That's the first way. But we know that he's, he's trying to, he doesn't want the word of God to become fruitful. We know when the word found good ground, it was 30, 60, 100 times more than what was sown. It became fruitful only when it was found in good ground. So the word is always fruitful, but the problem was the, the soil. The enemy knows he can't attack the word of God. How, how, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a fallen angel... That's what Satan is. He's a fallen angel from heaven. And the evil spirits are fallen angels and they, they lie. But they know they can't attack the word of God, which is filled with light. The entrance of God's word is light. It's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my pathway, uh, Psalms 119 says. So, so how can the enemy who's, who's in darkness, he's got no light in him. How can he attack something that's full of light? He can't touch the word. He has no power, no, no effect against the word of God. But he can affect our hearts. Our heart is what produces the word. So if he, if he poisons our heart, if he gets us negative, he gets us full of unforgiveness, bitterness, disappointment, discouragement, lose hope, that's what he's after. He's, he's trying to go for our hearts. It doesn't matter what way. He'll use anything, even when it's really, really wrong. Like someone is used by the enemy, like evil, selfish, and abuses you, and they might have been even in leadership. The enemy will use anything to affect our hearts. He just wants us to be poisoned. He wants us to be hurt, upset, because then the word won't work. So now today, I feel so before God that it's so important that we've got to learn how do we get revelation from the word. This morning, someone was praying. Zena had a vision of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little wells, not little wells, but wells. She didn't know necessarily what I was going to preach on. 
I think that was a confirmation that God is saying, see, God wants us all to be able to dig our own wells. He wants us all to be able to just be able to go to the well whenever we want and get water. Jesus is the well of life. He is the one that gives us water. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. Come to church on Sunday? Come to a Bible study? It all helps. They aid. That helps you. But our job as a church, we don't fulfill our job. We're missing our responsibility. We're not fulfilling what we're called to do. We don't teach you how to go to the world yourself. How to go to Jesus yourself and have a relationship with Jesus by yourself. Then we come in and if the church came together, every single person was full of God already. Then we came together. Not half on empty. I'm dragging myself to church. I hope I make it one more week. Get to church. I got got tanked up, you know, petrol. I can go for another week now. If If you're living from week to week, it's not God's design. It's not God's best. God's best is that you and I know how to go to the living well himself. So, we, there's so many ways. Oh, there's so many things I would, I'd love to, I've got to talk about. There's so many. You don't know how much. You don't know what a pastor's heart feels like. Because this word will change your life. But if you don't approach it that way, then it won't do much for you. Because again, your heart's not in the right posture. Your heart's not in the right place of faith. First, you've got to believe this is the eternal word of God. Anytime uh, 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 you, you, know, you, buy a, you buy a car, you get a manual book. Some of us don't even open up the manual book, the instruction manual for that car. Well, when a baby's born, they should, they should, should just give you a Bible. This is the manual for the life that you're going to live. Because all the instructions for life, how to best live your life is in this book. You've got to believe this is God's word. It was written over 1,600 year period from the first book that was written to the last one. 1,600 years, 40 different authors. Talking about same heaven, same God, same hell, same Jesus. Prophetically speaking about Jesus. Then when Jesus, I mean, you know, you just have two people talk about the same accident. It's completely like the story's gone. But this has got a, such a theme to it. God put it together for us, for our instruction. I really didn't know how to live my life until I came to Jesus. Now that I've come to Christ, I'm not in darkness at all. Never are you. We have the answers to life. We don't have to stumble, the Bible says. The Bible says, we who walk in the light know what we're stumbling. We know exactly. If you stumble, you should know, what am I stumbling for? You should be walking in the light so much so that you could go, why am I feeling a little bit down today? And the Holy Spirit will say, this is what it is. It's because this situation, this relationship, this problem here with the finances, that's bugging you, that's disturbing you, that's bringing you down. Okay, Lord, because if I know what's bugging me, I know how to fix it. Because we walk in the light. You know, I'll show you, I just want to show you an example. When, I, when I, I came to Christ at 19, and so before that, I, I didn't have Jesus in my heart at all, and um, I had the world as my God. Uh, money was my God. Girls were my God. Everything else other than Jesus was my number one. I remember one time, they stopped me in the streets of Sydney, Pitt Street, and this person said, um, if you had one wish in life, what would you wish for? And I didn't know Church of Scientology. They wanted to get me to answer 200 questions. And I said, oh, I just want a woman to love me as much as I love them. I just had my heart broken. So uh, I was a young teenager. My, the girlfriend that I was with left me. So my, I'm shattered. I'm, uh, uh, you know, like just, just broken. So I thought that what's going to make me happy is find someone that's going to love me the way I love them. 
And so I remember, and then I did the 200 questions, and they told me what I, my personality. I mean, you ask anyone 200 questions, of course you're going to know everything about them. <laughs> so what, so you know the story of Ma, Matthew chapter 7. Now, we won't go into it, but Jesus says, he who hears my word and doesn't put my word into practice. Now, don't read that as an unbeliever. I, I read that as a believer. I can hear God's word and don't put it into practice. Jesus says, I will liken that person like someone who builds his house on sand. And when the floods came down, the rain come down, the storm hits it, the floods hit that house that's built on the sand. I mean, think about that for a second. Would you ever build a house on the sand? Imagine being at Brightly Sands. You know Brightly Sands, our beautiful beaches there in the bay. Imagine someone starts erect in, in the current, you know, they've got some beautiful uh, sand there. And imagine if someone's just building a house on the sand right on the beach. You think this guy's crazy. It might, he might build it, but we know once the rain comes, once the water floods and the rain pours and the wind hits, that, that sand is going to move. If the sand moves, everything's going to move. The whole house crashes. Then he goes, but if you hear these words, now this is all about foundation and what you believe in life. You're, building a house is about what you build your life on. That's the picture there. Now, here's my words, and puts it into practice. I liken this person like a man who builds his house, or a man or a woman builds his house on the rock. The floods came, the storm came, the winds came, and beat against that house, but the house stood. Now, what, my question to us is, what made one house crash and the other house fall? What was the problem? What's the big issue? The foundation. One had bad foundation, which is sand, the other one had the rock. I mean, when the, rock, when the rain comes, and it's not going to move the rock. So the house is going nowhere. No matter how much it rains, the rock's not going to move. What we do in life, we blame the storms. I'm telling you, I've passed it for 30 years or so, and I talk to people all the time. We unconsciously blame the severity of the storms of life. We go, because of what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm going through. I've just had a, 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 a relationship breakup, and I'm not, I'm not belittling relationship breakups. I know a guy that I grew up with in Burwood area who he lost the relationship and he planned his funeral, committed suicide, and planned who was going to carry him. We knew him relatively well. So I know that that's, that's because that's your God. That's what you made number one. So when the floods come, that's a storm, isn't it? Storm of life. Remember when I told you when that happened to me, before I was a Christian, I, my heart was broken. I started to drink a lot. I drank Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, almost every night when I went out. Because why? I'm trying to escape the pain. My foundation's wrong. Same storm. Once I became a Christian at 19, exactly the same storm. No different. My heart was broken again. A girl left me for somebody else. Again. Anyway, I'm healed. You can tell I'm healed now. <laughs> And uh, same storm, I'm telling you, exactly the same storm. I, 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 we said goodbye, we wept, we cried. The next morning, I, I got up in the morning, I wept, cried, gave my heart to God, and I said, God, I love you, you're my Lord, you're my God, you're my everything, and I'm going to not think about this girl as if it's wrong to think about it. I'm going to move on with my life, because I know you have the best person for me in the world for me. So I'm going to move on right now, I'm telling you. I had the faith to do it, because I know God's a God provider, God, good provider, and my heart was healed instantly. Not a thought. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I didn't go back there. My thoughts didn't go back there. My emotions didn't go back there. I was totally moving on because God gave me the best wife in the world. 
I really want us to see the difference. I'm using that as an example. I, I know me better than anybody else. So I use myself as an example. That same thing, that's the same storm of life. One, I crumbled. That house fell. Great was the crash of it. The other one, when I built on the rock, same thing happened. It wasn't less severity. I stood. That's the difference in the storms. of the, We unconsciously blame the storms of life. You don't know what I'm going for. I'm going for divorce. I lost my mother, I lost my mother to cancer too. At the age of 58, watched her suffer for two or three years. But never, I'm, I'm honest before God, you know my heart. Did I say, God, why did you do this? How come, God, why did you allow this? I know God has no sickness in heaven to give anyone. I know God's a good God. He doesn't give sickness to people. So I'm not going to blame God who's a good God. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I've got that fi figured out in my brain. I've got to figure it out in my thoughts, my foundation, my emotions, my thoughts, my spirit. I believe with all my heart, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God comes to give life more abundantly. So when my mom was taken early, I'm not going to blame God for it. I blame the devil. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, what, what kept me strong? My belief. If I questioned God and I didn't believe the Bible, I would have thought, why did you let this happen, God? You're supposed to be a good God. Why? If you've got the power, you should have stopped it. We prayed for her. I've been a mess. I'm trying to show us where the strength comes from. It comes from this. If you approach it like a book, you'll never understand it. It's not a book, like a, 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 a natural book. This is God-inspired word to us. God in his wisdom is not going to create humanity and leave us without instruction. He wants to he spoke everything he needed to speak and put it in here. Does that mean he can only do things that's in this Bible? No, God's way bigger than this book. This, is, this book is not God. This book reveals God. God's not limited to this book. This book gives us the, the fruit that we can judge things by. It, it gives me the, the fruit. I could look at the fruit of the tree. This book tells me what to look at. As long as the fruit's right, which is loving Jesus, love, joy, peace, the fruit of it, and they love God first, and they put God first, and they, they serve the living God, I go, okay. It's not going to show every single method of what God will use. But the fruit, it gives us very clear understanding. Okay, you following. So, there's a scripture in the Bible in Peter that says that, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. As newborn babies. So, you just liken the Word of God as food to our physical body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul the Apostle says, I've given you milk, I want to give you meat, but you're not ready for the meat. Because you've still got envy, strife, jealousy among you. You're living like mere natural people. You're living in the natural realm. I want to give you meat by now. Because a baby drinks milk, can't eat meat. But he wants to get them onto meat eventually where you can choose some chunky, juicy, nice steak cooked on a barbecue or even brisket. Hey, John, brisket, the best stuff. Brisket from Texas. And, and you, God wants us to eat some good food. But the, the, the revelation he wants us to understand is this word is exactly like food is to your body. So if you say to me, I'm too busy to read the Bible. I'm too busy to spend time with God in the Word. I'm just too busy for that. Are you too busy to eat food? Are you? Are, are any of us too busy to eat food? Thank God. I think this about God. I think, thank God that God gave us taste buds and an appetite because some of us would have been too busy to eat food. We would have just forget to eat food and dropped dead. 
because we go after the world so much. But because we love it and we're hungry and we appetite, we, we know we have to eat food. So we make time for food, but food keeps you going. Well, spiritual food keeps you going too. Don't go, don't go days and days and days without feeding the Word. Now, how do we read the Word? How do we get into the... I mean, Psalms 1 tells us... I haven't got time to go in every single one, but please write it down. Psalms chapter 1. Read the whole chapter. He goes, he goes that he who... Let me read it. It's too good. My, my daughter can quote it, but I don't want to misquote it. Um, Psalms 1 says, blessed. That word blessed means happy. Happy is the man. Who wants to be happy? Happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, the word delight is pleasure. He takes pleasure. He's got great desire in the things, great desire in the law of the Lord. The word law, there is the five, uh, the, the Torah, the Torah, sorry. The Torah is the word of God, the precepts. The concepts, the truths of God's word. So we can literally put the word in there. But his desire, his pleasure is in the word of the Lord. So you notice how pleasure is connected to, um, when you have a pleasure for something, you want to do it. So it's not a have to. If in your brain you think, oh, I have to do this. You really got it. It's not connected right. Because it's about relationship and it's about a love relationship and it's about getting to know God. When I pick up this book, it's not about, I've got to do my quota. I'm a Christian. I need to read for a chapter a day. So that someone asks me, I say, yeah, I'm still reading my Bible. It's not about that. It's about knowing the author of this book. I want to know him. So I'm not reading it because I, I, I want to answer to you. I want to read because I want to know. I want to spend time with him. And I use the word read is, um, I really, is not explaining what I want to explain. Because it's better to say spending time with the Lord. Because when you spend time in the Word, you should be fellowshipping with the Father. You're talking, you're interacting, you're communicating with God. You're not just reading for head knowledge. If you read for head knowledge, it'll dry up really quickly. Some of us will take a few months, some of us will take a few years. But it'll end up drying up. Because this Word cannot be understood if you don't keep growing with it. If you stop growing in your walk and you stop... Paying a price, sacrificing in relationship out of love for God. You hit a ceiling because you don't want to obey God anymore. Then this word will become, um, it won't be revealed to you. Because it's, under, it's, it's understood out of revelation. How do you know that from scripture? Because the Bible says God gives the secrets to those that fear him. Okay. He also gives secrets to those that are righteous. That's in the Bible as well. So the word of God. If you delight yourself in the Word of God, uh, he, he says you, if you meditate in the Word day and night. day The word meditate means to murmur, to ponder, to imagine, to meditate, to mutter, to roar, to speak, to study, to talk, to utter. I love that. It's a murmuring word. It's a murmur, to speak the Word. Yes, we've got to get, put it in. Then we end up got to speak it. But he, if you meditate in that Word day and night, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You're not a tree, but you're like a tree that's planted by the river of water. What does a tree planted by the river of water look like? If, I, am I, if I'm a tree planted by a massive rushing river, that's, that source of water never runs dry. It's not going to dry up. This is a picture of the, the Lord's resource. The Lord's, He's your source. If you meditate in the word day and night, you're like a tree planted and its roots go into the river. 
doesn't matter how hot it gets. Remember the storms of life? It doesn't matter about the storms of life. It doesn't matter if, the fa- if there's a famine in the land, if, it, if it's desert, if the sun beats so hard that it doesn't rain anymore, you've got your source. So it doesn't matter what happens to the economy. It doesn't matter what happens to the world around you. You're connected to the source. If we meditate day and night. Now, what does that mean, meditate day and night? Are we supposed to sit down and go, hmm, what are you doing? I'm meditating day and night. I'm doing what the Bible says. I can't do anything. I can't go to work. Can't, uh, hmm. No, we're not talking about that meditation. I, I, I believe this is a lifestyle. Lifestyle of meditating, thinking on God's word. That means if I am working, I am driving, I am cleaning, I am doing something around the house, cooking, I get a thought of that guy backstabbing. I can't believe he did that. Who does he think he is? Yeah, I don't know. What? Yeah. And I start agreeing with that bad thought. Yeah, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I should give him a piece of my mind. If you give a piece of your mind to everyone that hurts you, you'll have no pieces left. So uh, if I do that, I'm not meditating in the Word, am I? Because I take it. That's a perfect opportunity to go, no, I, I let go of that person. I just forgive that person. God, you, you said to forgive those that hurt you. You forgave me. Thank you, God. You forgave me of a million dollar debt. Millions of dollars of debt I could never pay you. You forgave me for free. I forgive this person. $20 debt. That's loving. So, so what am I doing? Now I'm meditating in the Word. Now I'm taking the Word and doing it. It's hard to do that if you're not in the Word. It's simple. We're made very, very simple. If you don't put it in, You've got to put it in, deposit it into your heart, and then, because you put it in, you're thinking about it. Because you're thinking about it, you end up speaking it. Because you speak it, you end up getting it. You get what you're speaking all the time. It's the way God created you and I. And Joshua, again, read Joshua chapter 1. This is after Moses dies. Moses was a great leader. I mean, he took, who knows how many, three or four million Jews, Israelites, out of Egypt. The Red Sea opening up, miracle after miracle, the ten plagues, the, the bread, the manna from heaven, the, 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 you know, the, the rock, he hit the rock and the water came out. I mean, all these things that Moses did, miracle after miracle. Now he's dead. And Joshua has to take over the leadership. And God says, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Does that mean I'm going to, the way I, I uniquely related with Moses, I'd be with you? No. It says, the way I was faithful to Moses, I'll be faithful to you. In other words, you won't be exactly like Moses because you're Joshua. Unique relationship with God is so vital. But he goes, as you, and he goes, but he gave Joshua the key. This is what I want you to do. It's found in John chapter, uh, Joshua chapter 1. He goes, if you meditate in the word, same scripture almost. If you meditate in the word day and night, and you do not let this word depart from your mouth. That's exactly how he says it. But you meditate therein day and night. So how do you make this word not depart out of your mouth? How do you make it not go out? By meditating in a day and night. If you meditate in a day and night, it goes in. If it goes in, you end up speaking. If you speak it, then you will make your way prosperous. And then you have good success. Just like it says here, your, 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 the, that, the, the tree that's planted by the river of water brings forth its fruit in its season. A tree is designed to produce fruit. In other words, the purpose of the tree is to produce fruit, isn't it? The purpose that you're designed for, you will be fruitful. Everyone has a purpose. And it's to be fruitful for the king. To be fruitful for the kingdom. It's to, to produce, I believe, uh, results for God's kingdom. We, we want to see souls coming into the kingdom. We want to see God's kingdom grow, increase. We want to see lost people saved. All these beautiful things. That we get, the love, the joy, the peace. There's so many fruitfulness. But you will be fruitful and you will be called to do what you're called to do. And you'll be fruitful in it. Your leaf will not wither, 
and whatever. I've got a promise. But what a good God. If you do this, whatever he or she does shall prosper. I mean, wow, all right? Think about that. Whatever you do shall prosper. It's a promise from God. If we meditate on the word day and night, because you're connected to the source, and he's all wisdom. He's full of knowledge. I've got to learn to say what God's word says. But unless I put it in, I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to think. I don't know how to live it. I'm, I've been, I'm excited about God's word. I've been studying it for 32 years, and I'm more excited today than I was when I first became a Christian. I'm, I'm, I, and, and so I don't know how to explain it. You, you learn, you think, God, I've read that so many times, but now I see it. That's why I have to read it over and over. It's because God speaks to you through the word. Now, I'm talking about reading the word, but now I want the word to read us. So when you're reading this word, there's many different ways to read the Bible. But you can make this Bible say whatever you want it to say just about. Did you know that? Have you ever done this? I'm sure we've all done this. God, speak to me. I need you to speak to me. Everyone's laughing because you've all done it. I've done it too. And I say, God, speak to me. And sometimes when you're a baby Christian, he uses it. He speaks to you. But be careful how you do that. Because you can go like this. Judas went and hung himself. No, 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 I don't want. God, speak to, speak to me again. Sorry, that must have been wrong. That... Go you and do likewise. What? That's also in the Bible. Go you and do likewise. And I can go like this, do it again. It says, what you do is do us quickly. It just made the Bible say to hang yourself. Obviously, you should never kill yourself. It's all in the scriptures. I mean, how many times I've read something that was bad judgment scripture? Uh, that's not good for me. I don't want that one. It's a judgment scripture. No. Now, imagine, now think about this for a second. This is a love letter. This is God speaking to his people. You're his bride. He loves you and he's written a love letter made of 66 books. But imagine if I went overseas and I was your very best friend and I haven't seen you for two years and I write you a 10-page letter and you go, so what Leo wants to say to me? You read one paragraph. The next few days you read it again and you read somewhere else. And you read oh, another sentence. And next few days or a week later you read another part of what I... I mean, you, would you ever get the gist of what I'm saying to you? No. So we treat that like this sometimes. We give our effort, that attitude, and then we, we give that attitude to the Bible. We, go, we hope we understand God. So you know what I'm saying? There's certain things we shouldn't live by. If we live that way... We're approaching it all the wrong way. And there's many ways to get revelation from the Word. And you need to find your ways and in different spaces, different seasons, different times, different maturity levels. You will use different things. Does that make sense? As you grow, you'll change. You'll use different ways and methods. Sometimes, I mean, there's so many different ways, but let me just give you some really, really important keys. First of all, I just gave you a scripture. You know, what do you get if I wrote the word context up here? Context. What, do you, what happens when you take the text out of its context? It's a very dangerous thing to do. What happens to you? get a con. If I take the text out of context, you get a con. I'm trying to get you to picture the words. Right? <laughs> Why do we get so many cons out there? Because they've taken the text out of its context. So you've got to leave the text in its context. You've got to understand the text. And... Because it's a spiritual book and God's speaking to us, when you first read it, this is what I did, and I'm still doing it today, same level, same degree. Um, when I read it, when I first read it, you're going to be, I'm, nine, I'm 19 years old, um, 
my vocabulary wasn't that amazing, especially this Bible had a lot of words that I never used. So I would read and don't understand that, don't understand that, don't understand what's that talking about, I don't have a clue. Keep reading, keep reading, don't understand that, just keep reading. Oh, ah, something jumped out. I got something. I got a revelation. That's fine and that's absolutely normal. You need to do it that way because if I try to work it out in my mind and I prematurely try to understand something that I'm not ready to understand, God will show you truth that you're ready to accept and receive. So it's okay to read things. I was reading the book of Acts. I didn't have a clue because I didn't understand the context, didn't understand the picture. I, was, I thought this book of Acts was uh, happening in a few days when it was happening over a 60 to 70 year period. And I'm reading the book of Acts. Right, I, I, just, I was all over the place. It's the first time I ever read it. I didn't understand the context, the picture, what was happening. But the more we read, God will just show you what you can. So obviously you can read the Bible um, from cover to cover, from the beginning of the book to the next. Like in the sense, I would encourage you, if you're a new believer, you read in the New Testament. But read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But read from cover to cover. And stop when you, when you have to stop. Stop and then pick up where you've p- picked up from. Um, you know, keep a bookmark if you have to. Stay in the New Testament for some time and then get to understand the Old Testament later. But definitely stay in the New Testament if you're a young believer because that's the covenant we're living in right now. Um, all right. So the Bible, the best way I can explain this certain things, obviously God has a unique, special and individual way of communicating, speaking to you through his word, the Bible. His Holy Spirit will speak with you and to you revelation that you are ready to hear and needing to hear. Every time you spend time with him through the word or through his word, he wants to speak to you intimately. You notice how I'm talking about individually, uniquely. He'll speak to you in a unique, individual, intimate way that you can hear. I'll explain what I mean. If I'm reading, um, like we did last week, Matthew, uh, Mark, where are we? Mark chapter 4. I've got to just show you. I have to go into the details of it for us to understand this. Mark chapter 4, when he talks about the cares of this world. All right. Now, these are the ones that are sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes fruitful. I'm reading it, aren't I? I'm reading it with my head. I can go, I could easily read that after I read it for 30 years. I know that scripture. Uh, what's the point of reading that? Because I already know it. I can, I can quote that. Because of this world, the sickness, the riches, the lust of other things, uh, creep being choked, the word, da-da-da. So, that's reading it with your head. That's a perfect example of reading it with your head. You think, I'll get nothing out of that. Or I can stop and go, the cares of this world. Lord, what, what are the cares of this world right now that I'm facing? What, what, uh, what's the enemy trying to use against me now? What are the cares? What are the pressures? What are the worries? What worries am I facing now? And I'm stopping and I'm listening. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I'm fellowshipping with him. He's becoming my Lord. I want you, See, if I don't want him to speak to me, this doesn't become very interesting. But if I want to know him, I want to know him, and if anything's holding me back, I'm, show me the cares of this world. If I ever, Deceitfulness of riches. Is any deceitfulness of riches creeping into my heart? I'm letting the word read me now. Not just me read the word. Any areas of my life, I could read this today, and maybe there's nothing in deceitfulness of riches, but maybe two years ago, I was facing something that was trying to creep in, that was taking my affection away from God because I was trying to make money my own strength. And the cares of this world, it might go, cares of the world right now is a relationship conflict, that, uh, all those conflicts you're having, that's really putting pressure on you and you're spending a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of, effect, a lot of uh, 
uh, your energy on this relationship because you're trying to make it work and, and it's becoming the cares of the world for you. See how it's intimate? Because when I read this again in two months' time, I'm in a different space. I'm in a different place. I'm in a different season. I'm in a different level of maturity. And this will speak to me again in a different way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Lust of other things. Lord, are there lust of other things that are coming into my life that are choking the word? Lust means desire. Desire of other things. What's, what, what is coming into my life that's taking all my time, all my attention away from God? Even if it's a good, healthy thing. If it's taking me away from my relationship with God, that enemy's doing his job. So I'm listening and Holy Spirit, speak to me. I want to know what's hindering. And you can do that to the whole Bible in the same manner. If I read um, you know, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. How many times have I read 1 John over in my life? But I can go, oh, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is not of, the, is of this world. The pride of life. What's the pride of life in my life right now? What is areas in my life that I'm facing? The pride of life. I don't know how to explain it any other way, but depending on what you're facing, the Holy Spirit can speak to you clearly in that area. One time when we first started the church, I'm just, this is a really, really long time ago, so don't judge me on this, right? I remember looking at a, a particular building that we, want, we wanted to get for church, and it was really, really new from when we left the other church, and I remember thinking, oh, if I get this building, I would look really successful. Don't you think that's a pride of life? That's full of pride. That's just arrogance. That's what I thought, though. Imagine if I didn't know my heart, and I acted on that just because I wanted to look successful with the other church when I left. We would have made a massive mistake. But when you're listening to the Holy Spirit, Lord, any areas in my life, pride of life, God reminded me that. Leo, remember that thought? It's that intimate when you spend time with the Father like that. It can get that intimate. He'll show you things in the past. He'll show you things that hurt you. When, when you read something about intimacy in the Bible, say, Lord, why don't I experience that sort of intimacy? What areas in my life have I been hurt, let down? And he might go, uh, because every girlfriend you had left you. <laughs> you just know it's a joke. But you know what I'm saying? It's okay, you can laugh. I'm healed. Like, if you've been hurt so many times and you put walls up and you don't trust people anymore, the Holy Spirit will say, you don't, you're not walking in intimacy because you've been hurt so many times and you haven't allowed me to heal you. But you're letting the Word speak to you. When, when I read Ephesians, I can do this to Ephesians. I, I, I really run out of time. But if I, if I, Ephesians chapter 1, I mean, just the whole Bible. And, and obviously it's going to be different because there's different passages in the Bible. But blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And every place. I'm not going to just read that. What benefit if I just read it? Because I know it. I know it in my head. Okay, blessed with every spiritual blessing. Stop it. What's a spiritual blessing? And I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. But does that mean you've provided every spiritual blessing for me? Now, I want this to become my mindset, my thought process. I want to take this and live it in my everyday life. So, Lord, how do I live in a life, my lifestyle and everyday life, with this in mind? To actually believe that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places being provided. It's in heaven. It belongs to me. It's mine. How do I lean on that? How do I? My confession becomes I have wisdom available all the time. 
I have knowledge available all the time. That's spiritual blessings. I have joy available all the time. I have peace available all the time. So it's the access of heaven. All of heaven is at our disposal. It's available. The door's wide open. I can access all of God any moment, any time, if I release my faith for it. Now, that, that scripture just came alive to me. I'm not just reading it. I'm believing it. Be careful for nothing, but with all prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Philippians, I can stop. Don't worry about anything. Lord, I can read it or I can go, am I worrying about anything? What areas in my life am I worrying about right now? Let him remind you of all the little things. Sometimes there are a thousand little things. Sometimes there are five different things. But let him say, you're worrying about this, Leo. This is becoming a care. This is, you know. But with prayer and supplication. With thanks. I can activate that word right now. With prayer. Basically, if whatever's worrying you, you're supposed to pray about it. Let, it. let your request be made known to God. What is worrying you? Give it to God. Okay, I'm going to practice that right now. I'm going to pray what I'm worried about. I'm going to give it to you. The peace of God will guard your heart. You can do this to the miracles of Jesus. Use your imagination. Every story in the Old Testament, use your imagination. Imagine it. Be there. Walk there. What does it smell like? What do they look like? Think of the details. But let the Word paint the picture. Amen. Tonight we'll go into it way more. So if you can't come back tonight, uh, please watch, listen to the podcast, please, because we're gonna, I'm going to unravel this way more because I had to, I had to lay the foundation to get into this. But there's many. I, I've only showed you some methods. There's so other me- many methods, word studies, case studies. Yeah. Word studies, case like. A word study is a Strong's concordance, a vine's, any concordance. Look up the word faith. It gives you every single scripture. Do a whole study on faith. Look up the word fear of the Lord. Joy. If you, you lack joy, look up the word joy. Look up every single scripture on joy and do a study. If you think, I don't know my righteousness, do a word study on righteousness. It gives you every single scripture and you can study it. There's many, many ways of reading the Bible. And if you're interested and want to know, please approach us. Approach me, approach some of the pastors. Um, we'll help you. Because you need to know how to drink from the world. Amen. Amen. Pray this has been helpful. Father, we want to say thank you for your word. Yes. Uh, thank you, Father, for the instruction that's in the Bible that you have left us with everything we need to live our life uh, in godliness and holiness. We thank you for the ability that you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Father, help us to drink. From the river of life that never runs dry comes from your very being. Father God, when we spend time in your word, we want to know you better. We want to know the author of the word. Holy Spirit, show us your goodness. Speak to us intimately. I just pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus to be given to every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Be blessed, be blessed. listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.